Hi, James. Ben, how are you? Good. I remembered to say hi instead of hello, so we're already off to a better start. We abs- we were out of practice. I I swear I was so looking forward to hearing that last week, and I wasn't going to give it to you. I wasn't. I was just like I I, I don't know what to. say. I had no this. idea. I had no idea what you were doing. I was very confused, like the first ten seconds. <laughs> I thought it was intentional. I thought you were trying to throw me off or something. No, no. I appreciate that the presumption of cleverness, though. Well, uh, to be fair, you've probably earned it by now. <laughs> well, uh, just a, a warning to our audience. Uh, I am uh, traveling and am having significant Wi-Fi problems. So actually, the, the, uh, the company that is having an, an event here, uh, they actually brought their own Wi-Fi, presumably because they knew the hotel Wi-Fi is terrible. But their conference room where they have the Wi-Fi set up is closed. So I'm actually sitting outside of their conference room so I can use their Wi-Fi because it's like four in the morning and, and everyone's sleeping right now. And so they're, they're, it should be okay. It's a very quiet town, but there are some seagulls. So if if there is an occasional bird sound, uh, that is me, not James. So I just want to make that clear. Well, it's probably the birds and not you. Uh, but uh, I appreciate you taking responsibility early on. So I'm... I'm thinking this is going to be like the European version of uh, the garbage truck song. In, instead of the garbage <laughs> yeah. trucks, we're going to get some seagulls at some point. With any luck, we'll see how we go. We'll see how we go. We'll see how we go. Yeah, we're going to need the luck apparently if we talk about Facebook. But but first, uh, I want to th- yes, uh, this podcast, uh, as every podcast will be this year, is sponsored by Mailchimp. As I talked about last week, Mailchimp is the they're the company that I use for my email for Stratechery. I send out tens of thousands of emails a week once you put everything together and and the free email and, and the free article and stuff like that, and it works flawlessly for me. Some people ask me this week, there is no code that you have to put in or anything like that. They're just with Exponent. They think it's a good fit for their brand. I think they're a good fit for ours and. The idea is when and if you need email service, that they'll be the the service that pops into mind. So our thanks to MailChimp for sponsoring Exponent. Totally, guys, it's awesome. Thank you so much. Cool. So uh, I, <laughs> so Facebook it waded into another controversy last week, and for I decided to wade back into Facebook versus mm-hmm. the media. Uh, so so in summary, it probably you you may have seen this, but there was uh, a, a person in or journalist in Norway I, who posted an article about pictures that have changed or war pictures that have had a huge impact. And one of those pictures is a very famous picture uh, from from during the Vietnam War of a naked nine year old girl fleeing napalm bombs. And it, it was a tremendously impactful picture. You know, it's one, one of those pictures that's in the list of like helped end the Vietnam War. Like that's about as impactful as it can get. And that happened to be the, the picture that was kind of featured once the article, which was not written on Facebook, was written on another site, but was shared, was shared to Facebook. Facebook proceeded to. Uh, through whatever method they use, which, uh, as we understand it, unconfirmed, but is people either report or there's also an algorithmic sort of analysis of pictures, uh, took down the picture because it had a naked girl on it. And and that, in response, the person put it back up, which Facebook then took it down. And then the person's editor-in-chief stepped in and put it up, and then Facebook took it down. And it eventually blew up in this big thing when the editor-in-chief wrote this this big open letter to Mark Zuckerberg demanding that he not not edit the editor. And 
eventually uh everyone got pretty worked up and then facebook reinstated the photo and said they would take a more careful look at their guidelines etc cetera, etc cetera. and i think i think that's about covers it is that is that a good summary yeah it, it totally is i i must confess as i as i read your article there's one line that particularly made me laugh. Uh, it's uh, that, uh, it was early on in the article. You you were saying this, like many of Facebook's recent run-ins with the media, has been like watching an old couple fight. They are nominally talking about the same episode, but in reality, both are so wrapped up in their own issues and grievances that they are talking past each other. And the reason I laughed is because. Uh, it, it, <laughs> on occasion, that reminds me of me and you talking about Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that that is true. So, so we are we are wait, Yes, to say wait, Facebook waded into trouble, and we are perhaps waiting into trouble is is perhaps an appropriate thing. Uh, what what was interesting about this is I think it's it's one of those things where I, I've been a little. <laughs> I've been getting a little irritated lately. There's been this whole so no, Facebook's been really? being stupid. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Facebook's been being Facebook's Sorry. been being pretty dumb in general recently about about some of this stuff. So like we already talked about the trending topics thing last mm-hmm. year, mm-hmm. and in, in which case my whole problem with trending topics is I don't the whole reason the feature exists. I think is Facebook. You know they wanted to like take they they felt irritated that Twitter was known for breaking news, mm-hmm. so they kind of you know, half-ass this feature and put it on there. And my whole thing was like, Facebook just needs to like be Facebook and, and you know, be okay with other people doing it. And and the whole reason they're in trouble with the whole thing is because they half-assed it because they didn't really care about it. It was just kind of a thing to, 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 to catch up with Twitter. And then <laughs> a couple weeks ago, they just fired the whole team, like the team that, that wrote the summaries. And well, there you go. Then they, then they can say, "Oh, there's no bias here at all," which mm-hmm. we can get into. Um, and then, like, like the next day, there was like a fake news story about like Megyn Kelly. And then, like a couple w- days later, there was a, a truther story about nine eleven. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know that that it was a conspiracy and all that sort of stuff, which uh, suggested they probably could have used a little bit of human oversight of that trending topics, or just got rid of the whole thing. Right. Yeah. Anyhow, anyhow, so Facebook's being dumb, and, and which I'm sure we'll get plenty into. But what has also been irritating me was this whole reaction of kind of the the a lot of journalists and, and media commentators. Facebook, you're a media company. Sorry, I like a media company. Da, 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 you you and and to me, this was also really dumb and stupid. And so, my article this week may have been a bit ranty, but. <laughs> Everybody's I'm, stupid. Everybody's. Being I'm dumb. kind of. I'm kind of frustrated with everyone, to be honest. And to be totally frank, and and uh, this m- may surprise you, uh, because I think I've been over at least over the last you know six to nine months been pretty critical of Facebook, particularly around this sort of stuff. Uh, I think the media is is way overplaying their hand on this one. Again, using the media broadly is making the same mistake that the media makes talking about Facebook, but. I don't know. I, I'm 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 a little I, I'm a little annoyed all times around, which we can we can certainly get into. Yeah, I, I mean, I hear you. I, I think your point around um, I think your point around this being a private site and uh, journalists acting in an entitled way is something I entirely understand, and I think that's the best way of framing uh, the case from Facebook's perspective. All right, just a second. We'll, we'll, we'll get to, we'll get to Facebook. Let's, let's let's hold on. Let's stick to let's stick to the editor first because mm. I, I I have a rant I've got off my chest before I can be rational about anything else. <laughs> the article the article wasn't enough. There, there's there's two parts of this that really irritated me. So the first part is right at the beginning. Uh, uh, 
so he starts out that talking about Facebook is on there and then the article was taken down. He's like, however, even though I am the editor chief of Norway's largest newspaper, I have to realize that you are restricting my room for exercising editorial responsibility. This is what you and your subordinates are doing in this case. Uh, James, can you correct me if I'm wrong, but did, did Mark Zuckerberg go to oftenposten.no and delete the article? Uh, he no, he absolutely did not. Did, like, did he? Did he fly to? Did he fly to Norway? And did he? Did he destroy the newspapers that included this article? No, he definitely did not. So, I don't think that he is is editing this editor. The editor has his platform as he is leveraging when he writes this, and there's nothing Mark Zuckerberg can do about it. And that's great. The, on this issue, like this specific, the way this guy presented this argument was intellectually dishonest. It's it's almost like he's he's it's it's <laughs> it's it's almost incredulous the way he's presenting the argument. It's it's fallacious to suggest that Mark Zuckerberg is impinging on this guy's editorial responsibilities. He does have editorial responsibilities on the print version of his newspaper, on his website, on all all the newspaper's property. Like to suggest that 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 they that uh, Facebook is impinging on his editorial responsibilities is just it's an intellectually dishonest way of presenting what happened. And I, I, I share your frustration with it. We will get into the issues with Facebook in this episode. Like make no mistake. So hold hold your fire, everyone who, who's irritated here. But like Facebook owns Facebook.com. And you say it's it's fallacious and, it, and like he's kind of being intellectually dishonest. What gets at me is I don't think he was being intellectually dishonest. I think there is a real sentiment, and I don't think it's just this guy, but among many in the media, that Facebook is for their benefit, for them to distribute their content. And this idea that Facebook, of course Facebook ought to uh, ought to bend to it, you know, an edit- editorial editor ought to have full control of, of his Facebook page. Like, I'm not sure it even occurred to him that that ought not be the case, Like, which is kind of... We'll get deeper in this article, but I, I don't it's know in, if it was intellectually dishonest or just kind of delusional. Well, may, maybe like the uh, I mean, cultures for, spring up in in these places, and traditionally in a news organization, there's been a kind of well, there's been a, Ch- a Chinese wall between the editorial side and the business side, and inside of the business side is obviously distribution, and maybe somehow, may, maybe part of the reason this is occurring is that uh, the <laughs> the editorial staff are just thinking of Facebook as like another thing on the business side of the wall that's just one of their distribution channels. Like the 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 business people will take care of it and make sure my article is is taken out to the world. And the way it's being viewed right now is is almost like the same kind of indignation that that you're not printing my article on on our printing press what are you doing it's just like they're viewing facebook the same way they view a printing press it's like it's just the means to the end that's entirely under their control which is obviously not the case anymore no but i think that that is it that's that's spot on i think you just nailed it to a t that's exactly what's going on here and to my general irritation with the media and facebook in general that is exactly what's going on it's it's this assumption that facebook is their personal printing press and we will again we'll get more into facebook responsibility but i think this this intellectual 
I don't know what the word is, but this this misunderstanding of the reality of the world is holding journalism and the media back in all kinds of ways that go far beyond the specific article. Yeah, we'll get to that. I want to finish ranting about this article first. So, <laughs> so that was that was that was the that was only mildly annoying. It was the end of the piece that really set me off. So I, I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna read here. The media have responsibility to consider publication in every single case. This may be a heavy responsibility. By the way, this is totally true. Uh, each editor must weigh the pros and cons. This right and duty, which all editors in the world have, should not be undermined by algorithms encoded by your office in California. Again, the algorithms don't apply to his site newspaper, but yeah, we cover that. The least Facebook should do in order to be in harmony with its time is introduce geographically differentiated guidelines and rules for publication. Furthermore, Facebook should distinguish between editors and other Facebook users. Editors cannot live with you, Mark, as a master editor. First off, nice first name reference, which was super condescending in the, in the entire article. But this really got me. And the reason it got me is this presumption that that this guy deserves special rights on Facebook because he's a quote unquote editor. Well, how about this, Mr. Editor? Should everyone be able to call themselves an editor? I think Facebook thinks of all the users as editors. Oh, no, he's an editor because he owns a printing press. Like, since when does owning a printing press have any impact on what you say or can do on Facebook or on the internet broadly? And the reason this really gets me is it's personal for me. Like, I, yeah. my entire basis of, of making a living is predicated on the fact that I can go on the internet, I can set up shop, and I can make go of myself, and there's not a single damn person in the world that can stop me. And if I fail, it's on me, and if I succeed, it's on me. And I think that's pretty fantastic, and... I'm pretty sure this guy would not have given me a single inch of space on his website because why? I don't have the qualifications. I don't have the background. I don't have whatever it is that 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 this guy has that's important. It's like this this desire to impose this old world order on the mm, new one. Exactly. And and it 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 bothers me. And the, here's the thing. We will get into the problems with Facebook. But the flip side of Facebook consuming so much attention is that people are choosing to go to Facebook. But the implication of people choosing to go to Facebook is that people can choose to go somewhere else, including they can go to Shatechery. They can go to oftenpostin.no. They can go to all kinds of sites, good and bad. And is there a downside to that? Absolutely. But the but the flip side of there being a downside is that there is big time upside. And this guy wants to go back to a world where he gets to decide what everyone sees and screw everyone else. And no, screw that. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. Like the 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 positive side of, of all of this is this democratization. And what what the you're right, like the thinking represents trying to bring the old world order into the new world. And I'm I'm trying to I'm I'm trying to, and I'm struggling to think of uh, of an uh, of an appropriate uh, analogy where where some obviously uh, no longer appropriate um, uh, uh, technology or group of people get displaced by something new, but those in that old order still expect to be treated differently. It's like actually, my friend, like what what's happened now is that you no longer have there's nothing out there that makes you so special anymore like it, your content needs to rise or fall on the back of the quality of that and and thinking you get special rights on the new platform that's emerged to allow everyone to compete equally it it just he's living in the past like his head's in a completely different rea reality from where we are now writing things like that yeah, and it's it's well, it's the way you just characterized it before. Like, there's this sense that oh, Facebook is just like the printing press; they're obliged to put what I put on, and I decide. And 
like no you 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 don't and again i just want to emphasize like we we've talked a ton about the downsides of facebook but the fact that facebook can exist and the fact that people can choose to go there like there are big positives to that as well the the the, the analogy that, that i that i drew in this picture was i i posted that that picture of you know that famous picture of Mark Zuckerberg walking into this that Samsung event where everyone was told to like put on their VR headsets and it's this kind of like dystopian picture of Mark Zuckerberg uh-huh. walking along and everyone's in, in their own world. Set aside the VR implications, the dystopian implications. What what is what is interesting about this is Facebook is creating a world where everyone gets to see exactly what they want. And again, there are we have both agree there are significant societal implications of that that may not all be positive but that's clearly what they're doing right everyone's feed is unique to them it's particular to them etc etc this editor and so many in the media are used to controlling the projector that 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 shows in the front of the room and Mm. they're used to they get to decide what everybody sees and we're in this world where everyone has their headsets on and they're not looking at what's being projected in the front of the room, and they're demanding I I ought to be able to control the headsets. The world's changed. It's time. It's like time to move. I, I, it's killing me because I there's uh, like I'm trying to find an analogy that's as, that's appropriate for how ridiculous this is. It's it's like a a displaced monarchy. Uh, there's been a revolution and democracy's taken over and and the monarchy is expecting to be treated as king and it's like guys sorry like the world's changed it's it's like it doesn't work like it used to anymore it's time to move on it's the the extent to which you're right we're going to get into the problems that facebook presents and i think he could have done a much better job of presenting them than the way he did now because to my mind to my mind, he's like making all the ar- he's he's trying to make an argument for uh, winding us back into the past as opposed to what's the best approach to go into the future. It's it was very frustrating to read, right? But it was again, it, it's a thing that I think extends extends even even broader. Like this whole thing that I kind of ranted at the beginning about Facebook is just, is a media company. No, Facebook is not a media company. Like Facebook and media companies are both advertising companies. Right, they both garner attention and then and then put ads against it, but that does not make mm-hmm. them a media company. Like it, it, the Facebook, so I think what's what's so flummoxing for for media companies is Facebook has basically superseded their business model, if that makes sense. Right. So so yeah. what was the whole reason why media had an advantage? We talked about things like printing presses. We talked about things like broadcast spectrum, the delivery trucks. Those are significant fixed costs. They are upfront costs that that were spent a long time ago and they they basically helped give a monopoly or an oligopoly in, in, in larger cities where to compete with the newspaper you had to set up your own printing press and get your own delivery trucks and get distribution you had to have enough customers to cover your fixed costs and get advertisers and the reality was if you were already big you could just squash anyone that came along and and so th- this business model of Spending a lot of money up front and then spreading out that money over tons of people with with very high margin products, like the individual newspaper is a very high margin product, it doesn't cost that much to print. 
it, it was was the was the media's co- models. The problem is Facebook came along and did what they did, but way better, right? They have way higher upfront costs, way fi- higher fixed costs, whether it be in engineers, whether it be on data centers, whatever it might be. And on the back end, their product is zero margin, or, or sorry, one hundred percent margin, I should say, zero marginal cost. So they're able to have the same general business model, but done better. For one, on on the, on the cost side, and then then on the advertising side, they're just more interesting to people. So they're more interesting to people. Of course, advertisers go there, and they have the more data on who people are. So it's a better a better tenant for advertisers. It's like the you know newspapers and and TV and and radio used to be kind of on the efficient frontier, like they were maximizing mm-hmm. like how things could be made. The problem is Facebook and the internet basically pushed out the efficiency frontier way further. And so you have, basically all media has suboptimal business models relative to the competition, which is Facebook. That doesn't make Facebook a media company. It makes them an advertising company that is advertising way better than the media does. I think that's a, uh, that is a phenomenal encapsulation of exactly what's played out over the past 10, 15 years. And you're seeing all these media companies struggle for survival. The, the, I guess the issue that, that this raises is you're absolutely right. Facebook is an advertising company in the same sense that if you boil it down, all those other media companies were advertising companies as well. But they also provided a really important public good, which was journalism. Like the journalism was the mechanism that attracted the eyeballs to uh, to sell the advertising. And you're, you're absolutely right. They've gazumped them with uh, an order of magnitude efficiency. Facebook's gazumped them with an order of magnitude efficiency in terms of the way it develops its advertising. And it's it's resulting in all these newspapers, all of the, all of the media companies slowly, well, <laughs> slowly might not be the right <laughs> word, dying out. The problem is a lot of the journalism is dying out with it. Absolutely, I completely agree, and and it's there's a it, it is a it, it's a big problem. But here's the here's here's the problem. This all this griping and complaining accomplishes absolutely nothing. This demanding yeah. that you be able to edit on Facebook accomplishes absolutely nothing. And this is why I've written again and again that journalists have to take the business side of things much more seriously. This is why I've been such a uh, had so much praise for BuzzFeed because it's critical. The critical thing facing journalism is not Facebook. It's figuring out a business model given the realities of the world today and blowing in the wind against, uh, you know, against the fact that the world has changed accomplishes nothing. And this is what frustrates me. I fix the business model and the journalism will follow. Bitching about Facebook doesn't do either. Look, I, I, I think your point is is super well made here. That 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 the the bitching and moaning about the the world changing in this way is not going to is not going to serve journalists. Like they want to focus on these big stories, they want to be able to reach an audience. They they and to do that fundamentally, you need a a sustainable and a business model that supports ethical journalism going forward. And if you don't get that, you you start seeing some of these things that we've seen. You start seeing concerning reports like The Intercept was running something recently saying something along the lines that the oil lobby was paying the Washington Post and the Atlantic to host climate change deniers at the Republican National Convention. Like, I am sure if I went and spoke to most journalists, 
at, at the Washington Post or at the Atlantic, that would really make them concerned. But this is the kind of thing where if when the business model starts to erode, the ability to do the, the ethical journalism, the ability for them to chase the big stories, the, the, the ability for them to go after the reason why they're being journalists in the first place is undermined. Yeah, and this is the thing that really gets me about this, is that the, the, default, the default for a huge number of journalists is that Facebook is the enemy. And the reality is that <laughs> the, the problem is that for journalists, like Facebook is their entire world, but for Facebook, journalism is one of many types of content on the platform, right? There's journalism, mm-hmm. there's, there's baby pictures, there's, you know, the, the there's vi- live video, there's the watermelon exploding, there's cooking videos, which are so freaking addictive and I cannot stop watching. Like there, there's, <laughs> <laughs> there, like it's this it's this this is what I mean about they're talking totally past each other and frankly this is you know we can get into this point but it's why i i'm sympathetic to facebook about this photo i actually think the bigger problem was in facebook's response not necessarily the initial censoring per se like facebook is a platform they are not a content company and in for the media to insist that they are is to is to the media to inflate their their importance. I'm sorry for as to what's on Facebook. Facebook hosts user generated content. Those users might be people. Those users might be journalists. Those users might be pedophiles. And like they're even at the end of the day, Facebook will and must have some sort of algorithmic approach to dealing because there might be some bad stuff on there. And frankly, one of the things Facebook does well in general is avoid that stuff in a way that Twitter falls flat on its face, right? Like, yes, I think there was a screw up here, which we will get into, but it's an understandable one when you appreciate the fact that Facebook is not a newspaper. Like, it's a platform where people post stuff and ideally see the stuff that they want to see. And in that context, yes, there's there's going to be these these sorts of things. But the, the, the good part of that is that Facebook's not fighting against journalism. At least, like, they may accidentally trample them, but it's... It, there's if journalists are smart about it there's actually opportunity not just pure opposition yeah i i'm 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 warming up to getting shifted to the other side of this argument but not quite there yet because that last point you made around if uh, if journalists like it's it's one of these things that every time a paradigm shift takes place, if you are smart enough to accept that the world has changed and stop pining for the way that the world used to be, and you understand what's different about this new world and what you do need now more of and what you need less of, and you build a business around this new world. So you see this on these platforms that spring up, like you see it on Amazon, for example, you see people building businesses, okay, I don't, I'm going to be a retailer or I'm going to manufacture some good. And the fact that Amazon now exists means that the world is very different in terms of selling things into the market as compared to creating a product and selling it into the market maybe 10 years ago. Now, like there are a bunch of things that I need to do differently and there are a bunch of things that no longer matter. Like let's figure out what that is and build a business with the assumption that Amazon is the best way to reach customers. And you see 
you've seen like you will see some people who have done an incredible job about of building businesses from scratch with that assumption and i think there is an equivalent to be done around facebook i just want to jump on that because i I think that that's a great example like the the fact of the matter is that the the issue is that facebook is indifferent about journalism right Mm -hmm. the problem is Mm -hmm. because journalists see facebook destroying their business model they see facebook as being antagonistic but this is a one-way antagonism journalists are being antagonistic to facebook and facebook doesn't care but in the facebook not caring there is opportunity facebook just needs good content they need content that people will read that will keep people on the platforms they can show them more ads like it's pretty straightforward the upside of that is there's an opportunity to make good content on facebook and facebook is going to help you monetize it like there's like the instant articles are out they monetize deep already decently well with the Facebook audience network. They're getting better. Facebook just announced a thing yesterday, a whole bunch of new improvements to them. Monetization for video is coming. Like Facebook is going to make, and so Facebook is basically offering Facebook, which is going to own the vast, a huge amount of digital advertising because they know exactly who people are and where they, and because we told them Facebook is offering again, the best ad seller in the world is offering to sell ads on your behalf. And they don't care if your if your article is about news or if it's about cute pictures of kittens, and that is an opportunity, right? It, it, absolutely. Oh, you you get no argument from me on that. I think if if we were to sit down with a journalistic organization, whether new world or old world, I think that the frustration they would express on this is, however, just to play devil's advocate for a second, is because they don't really care. And uh, there have been tweaks to the algorithm where uh, uh, basically like, oh, we're going to figure this out as we go along and we're going to bump news up and now we're going to bump it down and this type of content is going to do well. And then three months later, there's a change. And it's hard to build a business when that change is consistently taking place because, you know, you focus on one thing that it looks like Facebook loves and then for whatever reason, they tweak the algorithm and it's like the rug gets pulled out from underneath the media com- uh, a media company that's built on this assumption, like uh, the, the rug gets pulled out from underneath their feet. They need some degree of stability in terms of what's valued and what's not. And Facebook has moved the goalposts a few times. Okay, absolutely. Unfortunately, that's the reality of the way the world is. Yeah. Like uh, you have two options as a media company. And the problem is all these media companies are trying to exist in the middle and it's an unsustainable place to be. It's the, it's the uh, what is it, two feet on side of barbed wire fence. I think that's an American yeah. saying. Uh, and so... <laughs> <laughs> Delayed reaction on your part. I think you were too shocked. Yeah, one foot. One well, one <laughs> foot either side of a barbed wire fence. I don't know how you can have two feet either side, short of <laughs> you being a horse or something. But okay. So, the, the, you you have two options as a media company, and there there you have to run to the extremes. You either have to be, and it's it's classic like Michael Porter, right? There's two sustainable. There's two sustainable options, right? It's either you're differentiated or you're the low cost leader. And what does that mean? Differentiated means you invest and you invest significantly to be different and a place that 
people go to that attract people like this is this is the trajectory strategy right like i it is ideally a a place that people will go to directly. They will seek it out. And it doesn't have to just be strategic. This is the New York Times strategy. The New York Times is super focused on getting people to go there and subscribe. And they have over a million subscribers now. And now, and what is what is the big focus of the New York Times new strategy? It's it's in part to get new subscribers, but they're also looking to increase the spend per subscriber that they already have. And that's exactly the right way to think about it. You need to f- maximize your revenue for the people that you have. And you need to make products that are special for the people that you have. And and yet there's a trade-off. Like to repeat Porter, strategy is about saying no, right? If you're not making hard decisions, it's not strategy. Mm-hmm. And that means like in my case, I the reach of my articles is limited, right? I could write for a big publication and get way more readers. Like last week, we talked about the Beyond Devices, right? About how the the AirPods are actually the most important thing because talk about where you don't need your phone. Funnily enough, three days later, there's all these articles about, oh, Apple's creating a new feature. You don't need your phone, right? None of which link to me. And they all, like, <laughs> like, which is fine. Like that's, that's the choice that I've made, right? The flip side of it mm-hmm. is I make a very good living doing it. And, and I have to be okay with that. That's the reality of, uh, uh, of the choice that I made. The flip side is the low cost strategy. And again, this is why I, I uh, like the BuzzFeed is the best example here where you reduce your cost of production. Mm. You get really good at churning stuff out and churning stuff out sounds pejorative, but it's not because it's optimized for putting stuff on on YouTube, putting stuff on Facebook, putting stuff on all these sorts of things. And you see BuzzFeed, BuzzFeed is actually switching their business model from branded content to just making money on platforms. Like let Facebook sell ads for us, basically. Let YouTube sell ads for us. And again, they're running all the way to the extreme. And you, it's the extremes where you're super focused, your content, yeah. your business model are all aligned where I, I do believe there is still a future, but you're not going to get there by bitching and moaning and refusing and wanting to sit in the center. It's, it's almost like the topic that came up last week that, the, that one of the things about the shift to the internet is it has prompted the extremes. And in the same way that maybe once upon a time, a great uh, approach to managing your career was to like you, you were just focused on rounding out the edges. But as you move towards this, uh, this era where the addressable market is, is basically the entire globe, you need to find a way of standing out. And the only way to do that is to move out to the extremes. Absolutely. It's, it's a great point. Just the level of competition on the internet is, is just unbelievable. It, it really is. And there's great consumer benefit to that. Let's not forget, right? You and I get to read like the best possible version or opinion of like any event. And that's awesome. But and I'm not denying that also makes it really hard to run a business. But this is reality. And the thing that really gets me is this whole like, well, this is why, you know, you shouldn't partner with Facebook or like, no, the reality is that Facebook is there. It commands a significant amount of attention and putting your head in the sand and being in pretending like Facebook's the enemy and like what? where's the productivity in that? Again, there's choice to be made. I don't have instant articles, right? I've thought, I've thought about it. Maybe I will in the future. But for me, it's super important to drive people to my site, right? But like, mm. and, but maybe I should, maybe if Facebook starts favoring instant articles in the algorithm, maybe I'll reconsider. But because the reality is like, 
but the point is you have to make these decisions. You have to make them explicitly, and you have to have a guiding principle that's driven by your business model that goes into how you make these decisions. And living in a world where we're the media, we have rights, I'm sorry, that world is gone. And the, here's, 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 here's the real issue. The issue isn't you can keep your hand in the sand as long as you want, but other people are going to come in and take that mm. opportunity. Like BuzzFeed is like Yahoo 2.0, basically. Right, I, I, I would I would say if anything, that's kind of the, the the company that they've replaced. Right, billions. There should be well over a billion people visiting Yahoo, and, and they just would just go there and like look at dumb articles, right? And now people are on <laughs> Facebook and they encounter it on, on BuzzFeed. But like, there's no market for Yahoo. There's nowhere to Yahoo to go. BuzzFeed filled that space. They filled that role of mass market content creation, and. That's what's going to happen to any company that doesn't get real disciplined about this. You can be principled all the way to the grave. Congratulations. I, 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 I'm very, I, I'm very ranty I, this week. Sorry. No, I mean, and I get where you're coming from because, um, I mean, like the, the, the thing is you've eaten your own dog food, right? Like it would have been, uh, your writing is more than good enough to go and work at one of these places, and that would have been the safe choice. But you decided to you 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 took a massive life gamble. You you put your chips like you 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 put your money where your mouth was, and you went out and you did it on your own. And to see smart people whining as opposed to like trying to create the future. Is uh, I could I could partic- I could understand how that would be particularly frustrating from your point of view. At the same time, I want to I want to bitch a little. Okay, bit okay, about your Facebook turn, your now. turn. Okay, Facebook. We All are right, I have a question we are we are pivoting you. this podcast. We are pivoting. Go ahead. So let's imagine the Vietnam War was happening right now. I, Facebook, I, I, I knew that was exactly where you were going. Anyhow, continue yeah, on. and Facebook, uh, Facebook, like decided to like block that piece of content. And I think part of the reason there was this massive outcry is because that photo is so well known. It is so, um, it is so recognized around the world as being, in terms of photojournalism, it's potentially one of the most um, impactful photos that has ever been taken. And I think part of the outcry stemmed from the fact that people now recognize that. But if the war was happening right now and that photo was taken yesterday and Facebook blocked it today, I'm not sure there'd be that same outcry because people wouldn't even know about it. Like, does that give you pause around the whole thing? N- no. And let me explain why. Okay. So, again, I think it's a pretty big leap to go. I think it's really important and it's a concern, but I think it's important that the initial blocking was for lack of a better word, accidental and, or, or, or not. It wasn't blocked because of the photos importance. It was quite, quite, quite to the contrary, right? Our whole issue is that they didn't recognize the importance and the fact of the matter mm. is that Google is a platform for people from 13 years old on up who want to have a pleasant experience. Facebook, you mean? Yeah, sorry, Facebook. Facebook. Uh, yeah, yeah. And and by default, blocking pictures of naked children seems like a pretty reasonable place what place to start from. And again, I think I, I will join your outrage, so I think to a significantly greater degree when it comes to how Facebook handled handled this mm. from the beginning but i can at least be sympathetic to how the original mistake happened 
Yeah, if granted. that makes sense. To- to- and, and, totally and, granted. And, and again, the the flip side of Facebook owning Facebook.com is that they don't own anywhere else on the internet. Do you think if the Vietnam War is happening today and Facebook had the same power it had today and that photograph was plastered on the New York Times and on BuzzFeed and on Yahoo and every, and every other media entity in the world that it, it it still wouldn't have the same effect? I think it would. Like there's Facebook's power is significant, but it's not absolute. It's not absolute. Uh, I, I agree, and and to, we I picked the I picked the point in time of today as the point in time, and I think you're absolutely right. It's not absolute, but I do think it's trending more and more in that direction, and that the number of people who will uh, go off to the New York Times or wherever these places are, like these other destinations on the internet, like as a proportion of total internet users versus five years ago, it's substantially declined, and I foresee that decline continuing and as more and more people get like set facebook and and you're right like you you mentioned at the start they willingly do this they go to facebook out of choice like it's it's an opt-in but as that becomes uh, a greater and greater number the possibility that this happens goes further and further up even if it's still a very small chance it still increases sure but let's say that that th- that photo appears let's say let's go back let's go the opposite direction okay let's mm. say it's was it 1972 or so that this photo came out so some, somewhere around that i i apologize for not getting the, the date exact but the 1972 that is correct <laughs> real-time fact checking by me nice <laughs> so i didn't even hear the keys tap yeah <laughs> so it's 1972 and this photo appears uh i don't know let's say it was the new york times i don't know i don't know where it appeared the first time so it appears in the new york times and i see this photo and i'm like people have to see this like how how do i show you the photo I have to hope uh, that yeah, yeah. you're going to encounter it, right? I, unless I want to get on a plane and fly the newspaper to your front door and say, James, open the door. Look at this photo. You have to see this. And, right. and, and, and what what I mean is, even if this were only on an outlet, not on Facebook, the ability to proactively push out media to everyone, whether it be one-on-one via email, whether it be other sites, whether it be through through messages, through like instant alerts on your phone, like there's all the this it's not the same environment we're not dependent on complete passive consumption which we were in 1972 right that like and you better believe opponents to the war would do everything possible to get this photo in front of every single person i i am skeptical that it would really be so easy to avoid this photo even if we were in today's world or a world 5 to 10 years in the future where facebook you know quote unquote accidentally deleted it so you made the point previously that buzzfeed has become the equivalent of the yahoo.com and i i i think that's right from the content perspective but i think facebook's the other side of of what yahoo was which is the homepage the delivery aspect so people would go to yahoo.com and they would land on yahoo's infrastructure and read yahoo created articles half of that half of that equation's been taken care of by uh, by BuzzFeed. The other half is being taken care of by Facebook, which is for an increasing number of the world's population, uh, the front page of the internet, what Yahoo used to be. And in fact, for some parts of the world, it is the internet. They there There are parts of the world that do not realize that the internet extends beyond facebook.com. And 
like there's like even despite all the arguments that you just mounted which i agree with there's just something that gives me pause about what's happened and and i think there's a broader issue that that we need to be careful of because if it's giving me pause and if it's upsetting people enough that they're riling against Facebook, you want to be careful because the regulators won't be far behind. And we might scoff at this editor from that that newspaper saying there should be uh, region-specific rules around the way that Facebook behaves. But if they keep pulling stunts like this, I could easily see a world in which that's exactly what happens because regulators start intervening. No, absolutely. It, it's a real concern. But but I just just to go back just to go back to your point. Like mm. I, I think you're right. Facebook owns that. But I guess the what I would say is this is the it, the danger in this debate. Uh, not dangerous. That's the word I'm saying is dangerous. But the the trap that's easy to fall in is to kind of make the same mistake that we just spent the first half of this podcast railing against journalists making, which is being stuck in an old paradigm. And does Facebook increasingly own the sort of passive absorption of news? Yes. Does that is that worrisome? Because edit, do editors play an important role? Absolutely. Like I'm not denigrating the role of editors, and and I, I, it is, for lack of a better word, a quote unquote noble profession that matters and has significant impact and reward and risk that goes beyond beyond money like so i I, just to be super duper clear and it's Mm. it's a problem quote unquote that people people's passive absorption of news is controlled by an algorithm that's predicated on making them feel good not predicated on showing them what they need to know so Mm -hmm. i i I know we're 100 in agreement on that Mm -hmm. my only point though is one that's reality (laughs) yeah and but two just as if it's easy it's with the internet, it's easy to focus on the downside of how the internet has killed like the traditional business models, for example. But for me, I got so frustrated because this mentality ignores the upside, right? There are also good things about this present world when it comes to spreading the news. And look at this guy in Norway, right? He stirred up worldwide outrage against Facebook. And forced one of the richest companies in the world to back down. I'm pretty sure you weren't stirring up outrage in a span of 24 hours against the biggest companies in the world in 1972. Yes, Dow Chemical got like boycotted in protests, but one, it didn't really affect them that much. And two, it took years to gin up that sort of protest. We can stir up the sort of protest that forces major companies to back down in 24 hours. And again, I'm not saying that that's necessarily makes it all okay. Just the world is different. And once you start with accepting that reality, you can see not just the downsides, which again, we've spent plenty of time debating, but the upsides too. And there are upsides to this new world uh, yeah. and the solution in the solution. And I agree. I, I'm worried about the regulation aspect. And Facebook said the problem with regulation and governments is they're so inherently stuck in the past paradigm. There are a bunch of old people who mm-hmm. th- think who are out of touch with the real world and think how it should be. And the real risk. And this is why I'm mad at Facebook. First and foremost is they're in. You're right. They're inviting the sort of your regulation that will inevitably make it worse I, because it's going to lock in the way things are. And and the best way to fix the problems of the future is to live in the future and to find future solutions to those problems. 
I, I agree. I, and and here's the thing: like uh, everything, everything about what you've just said, I I believe in, or I want to believe in. Like, and I, I suspect that lots of the people that are listening to Exponent right now want to believe in. Like, there are lots of techno optimists out there, and yet, even still, there is a, an emotional, potentially irrational part of me that is is scared of how uh, in the in the internet era where there are all these winner take all markets where this company uh this company starts controlling more and more of people's attention to the point where they could be like and i do think that will continue and that there are these hints that and they keep on giving them they keep on giving these hints of Big brotherness, like yeah, you're right. Like I can understand why it might have been blocked the first time, but the fact that they doubled down and kept on deleting things and kept on deleting the image, even if even when it was clear this wasn't a a pornographic or a pornographic image, like this is a this is an important part of the news. This is an important part of history. Like they kept doubling down, and as that power continues to grow, I I I, I wonder, and probably it would happen but the question emerges in my mind i wonder if that they would then extend to like blocking out the editor's subsequent letter because they didn't like it because it embarrasses them in the same way that caused them to react poorly in 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 the first instance to the 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 photo being published now i i i think it's highly unlikely but the question's there and if the question's there for a techno optimist like me i wonder how far behind the regulators are no, it's very fair, and this is exactly where 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 I'm actually completely with you. That Facebook really screwed the pooch on this one. The response was the response was so basically it went to some guy in Hamburg, at least according to the the, the, the editor in chief's letter, who basically kept deleting these posts and then uh, deleted the the newspaper's post, and then the the, like the prime minister of Norway weighed in to your point and posted the photo herself. And the problem is that. No offense to the to the person in in, in Hamburg, but the the fact that this sort of thing was being handled by a regional sub office gets at where Facebook has to take this a lot more seriously. And frankly, it is concerning that Facebook keeps falling into these messes. It's concerning that Facebook's response to the trending topics thing was just fire the whole team and have an algorithm do it. It's it's Facebook itself putting its head in the sand about these issues. Yes, media is just one type of content on Facebook. Journalism is one type of content on Facebook. Yes, Facebook is relatively indifferent. Their their goal is just to provide people to what they want to see. And, and it's relatively benign. But the fact of the matter is Facebook is like this big kid like in the sandbox, bouncing around, trying to figure out what it wants to be, wanting to get into, you're spoiling for a fight with Snapchat, swinging its elbows around and bumping people over. And you bump enough people over, you're going to have problems. And the fact that Facebook wants to pretend they can just wish the problems away by firing a team of editors and putting an algorithm in place is ridiculous. And again, the company that's going to pay the price is Facebook because they are going to keep messing this stuff up until they take it seriously again i'm sympathetic to the original to the mm. original ban but i am not at all sympathetic and i'm outright with you outraged at the way they dealt with what happened afterwards there has to be a formalized procedure for dealing with stuff quickly and rapidly and transparently and that 
not only does that not exist, they're going in the opposite direction. And it concerns me as a citizen and it concerns me as an analyst of the company. I, I yeah. And uh, here's the thing. I, and you've characterized it as like, uh, like a kid bumping around. And you, again, like if, if I, I, I follow along on your all your arguments and rationally I want to agree with you but there is something again m- maybe it's the technologists and knowing the like being fan of 1984 and all those kinds of things but there is a little voice in the back of my head that's saying how many times does this kind of thing have to happen before you start to wonder whether it's it is an instance of just bad response or whether there is something more sinister going on no the the, the problem the problem is they're, they're techno optimists to to the degree where they actually think that algorithms can solve this problem that's the that's the problem here is it's it's this unbridled faith in their cleverness and in the in in computers like the reality is when you're dealing with humans you need mm. humans to to deal like this is the, we're not never going to get an algorithm that can deal with these sorts of questions and facebook at an instit- as an institution doesn't seem to agree they're a little like google in this regard and that's i think what also makes it so disappointing what like what what, what made facebook always so much different than google was it it had so much more of of like a humanities element to it google was just this machine right and it was an awesome machine but it was very much a machine and it always has been and their corporate culture has always been like that whereas facebook has always been much more has had much more of the sort of humanities aspect to it and and they they and Mark Zuckerberg gets it they they get humans and they get what 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 humans want and, and they've done so well with that and now it's almost like they're losing touch with what made them so different in the first place this this blind reliance on machines and that's what con- it concerns me I, actually I'm deepening my concern as we talk because it's just kind of occurring to me it concerns me not just from uh their it's inevitable that they will get this wrong, but it concerns me that they're losing the essence of what made the company special in the first place. So, yeah, I, I, it's interesting because I'm not entirely sure I agree with that characterization. Yes, with the trending news topics, they dump the people and they replace them with algorithms. But it feels like, I mean, there's this old saying in politics that it's not the mistake or the problem in the first instance that kills you. It's the cover up. Yep. And it feels like it's true. It's been true in terms of these issues with Facebook a lot of times. Like if you look at where the problem is, it's like in this instance, in this instance of the the, the child image, it's not the fact that the algorithm blocked it that that caused the problems. It's the fact that there was a human somewhere that decided, you know what, like we're gonna double down on this. We're taking down all these all these photos. Like it's it's the human element that I feel like is getting them into the hot water more so than the machine side of things. That's a fair, that's a very fair way to put it. I guess the, what my response is not to um, make this, again, this person in Hamburg a nobody, but th- that flows from the top, right? That sort of absolutism. And it's kind of, because what was he doing? He was being an absolutist that the rules are no nudity. Yeah. So the picture has to go. Right. It was a human thing thinking like a computer it was not right. using human judgment and and facebook's attempt to erase all human judgment from the way their site operates is the root of where they're screwing up here this is where i differ from your previous characterization of facebook understanding the human side of things 
I think Facebook has a very uh, unique take on the human side of things that's that's uh, it's incomplete. And, and I think this is that's that started from the very beginning which is that they've almost thought that you can take what is a human and boil it down to a bunch of ones and zeros like uh, yes. that's the whole that was the that, that was the whole point in the first place that that you can take a human being and you can represent what the human being and and boil it down to what's on the wall or boil it down into the newsfeed and i like that is i think that's it's almost like an engineer's view of what's what a human is like it's it's you can reduce everybody down to like ones and zeros and that's baked into the culture and that is one of the things that's always made me uncomfortable about the company and i think that is what's being reflected here and i think it's them being true to form not some recent change that started to happen see this is why i shouldn't make opinions on the podcast i should have them ahead of time that you know you're you're i think that's a fantastic that is a fantastic way to put it you 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 nailed it it's not that they understood the human it's that they they digitized the human better than anyone had before right it's like it's basically what i said but in the opposite direction and you're right if you follow if you switch the perspective around and follow it to its natural conclusion yeah you you end up with this thinking and yeah you're right it's not that facebook is changing it's that facebook this is the dark side of what facebook has always been i i very i completely agree the dark side of the Facebook. The dark side of the Facebook. Yeah, and I, I, I like there is uh, I, again to to your point. There is so much good that's come as a result of them being able to do this. Like you, I, people listening to this podcast. Like you're in Taipei. I'm in I'm in Palo Alto. You're from the Midwest of the U.S. I'm from Australia. We are able to keep in touch better with the people in our lives and follow news from from our home regions whereas previously like before this service existed that basically was impossible or really really difficult and they have found a scalable way to do that but there's an upside to it when it works well it's fantastic but because that information because that's so appealing there's a downside to it as well because we give it so much attention and then things that aren't there and just by virtue of the human condition, not everything can be reduced to ones and zeros. Like we miss those things or, or as in this instance, like because we give it so much attention, they take things out. And that's, that's, it's always been the thing that scared me. Yeah. I, I do think Facebook needs to be put in the context of the reality of the internet broadly, which, which again, makes me less quote unquote scared than you. Yeah. But right. no, but I, I'm, I'm really, I'm really struck by your point because we talk about the media that they can be so focused on the downside of the internet and of this new world. And, and by not accepting reality there, it makes you incapable of seeing the upside. And what I think you just articulated with Facebook is the opposite. You can get so, and that's when I articulated the human element of Facebook, I was, I was looking at kind of the upside of Facebook, but with any upside, there is downside. Right. It, it's, it's the whole, your strengths are your weaknesses. And the fact that Facebook was about digitizing humans means they've forgotten that they need humans too. And, and that's where they went wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and, and, and that's it. Like that, the instances where they have, um, where they've had issues, it's almost like they've outsourced the, the human judgment, the human thinking to the machines. And 
and it's not until it turns into this big brouhaha and probably someone high up in Menlo Park has to apply human judgment that they manage to pull things back. Right. If they, if they had built in a human judgment component to these all the way down to Hamburg, Germany, this would have never been a topic. And you're right. This is I've been saying this again and again. Silicon Valley is is running with like their heads cut off like into this regulation buzzsaw. There is an article about Norwegian prime minister vows to continue working with Facebook despite blah, blah, blah. It's like, am I reading this article? In I think you this especially in Europe, which which is a lot less shy about regulation than 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 the U.S. is to say the least. They're cementing this persona as this as this evil giant. And again, I think that's unfair from the European perspective. I again, I think Facebook is just kind of a like they're just they're a bumbling entity that is indifferent to this stuff but that indifference i would contend doesn't make facebook evil but it doesn't mean that they're not having bad effects and there it the steps to ameliorate those bad effects seem so obvious but ideology is getting in their way I, yeah, ideology and culture, right? Ideology, ideology and culture are always always yeah. getting your way. Yeah. Well, that being said, despite the culture we have on this podcast of like not having productive discussions when it comes to Facebook, I think we managed to have we might have actually turned it around a little bit. Oh, this, this is probably the most unified we've been at the end when it comes to a Facebook uh, discussion. So kudos yeah, to us. Absolutely. Everyone in the world is wrong and we're angry at them, but we are very proud of Don't ourselves. Don't say it like that. <laughs> <laughs> and our thanks to MailChimp again for, for sponsoring Exponent as, as as they do every week. If you need email, use MailChimp. Yeah, uh, it is it is awesome. I'll be back in Taiwan next week where I will talk to you then. All right. Well, ha- have a good trip and I will speak to you next week. All right. Talk to you later. See ya.